when I'm on that stage or that platform, there won't be these scandals that come out about my name because I got the scandals out of me in private. (laughs) And I'm grateful. I'd rather do the hard work now so that not that the work won't be um, work or challenging, but the hard parts of it here. Here, right now, the the, the um, cutting pieces of it, the, the parts that are like, oh, if somebody put that on display, if that was broadcasted across the world, ooh, I don't I don't I don't represent the kingdom like that. That's not where I know I need to be. So thank you for the grace. Thank you for the protection, the covering. Thank you being Jehovah Nisi banner over me here. So that when I get there, I can literally do what you called me to do without question, without thought, without fear of any kind, because I know who I am and whose I am. You are listening to Naked and Exposed, the podcast season three, where we discover the power behind our voice, own our stories and make it look good. I'm your host, Janae. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to this episode, because this is definitely not a podcast. This is definitely a YouTube, but if you hear it on the podcast, then it's a bonus episode, okay? I want to introduce to you guys my wonderful friend, Leah. Leah! What's up, good people? What's up, good people? How are you? (laughs) Y'all, Leah is a disruptive coach. Like, she goes into the spaces and places within your identity, and she calls forth the true you. The true you that should be walking in your identity with Christ and then going into spaces and pre-existing structures and just annihilating what complacency has allowed these these structures within the cultures and establishments to become and implements this idea of what it actually should be or introduces this thought that should be thought about so that this organization or these places or people can reach their optimum potential. So Leah, girl, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm honored to be here. One, because this is a platform that literally changes people's perspective. And that's really what I love to do. Um, And so I'm honored that I can sit here and talk with you and pour because this is what we do. Like change the lens, provide a new, a new outlook. Come on. Thank you for having me. Yes, definitely grateful to have you a part of this. I, you know, it's taken some time to get us on this live or together, but I believe God's timing (laughs) is perfect. So to start with the intersection of stepping into entrepreneurship for you, what did that journey look like? Like, how did you finally get to that place of saying, okay, God, we're going to do this thing? Listen, I'm so glad you asked that question because there are so many people that have done this before me and I had no idea the real work, you being one of them. Um, I had no idea, but this is how it started. I realized I work in higher education. So I've been in the higher education system for about seven or eight years now. And what I've been doing in that sector or that field is that I've been pouring into students and pouring into their identity and their growth and their leadership development. And I realized that I was getting opportunities to do it outside of the school, right? Um, I was going to women's conferences. I was doing leadership training for ministry teams. And I was like, this is where I feel fueled. This is where I feel um, empowered to really be my authentic self and deliver the way that I deliver. And um, I started realizing I needed a coach. I was like, I need a coach on how to make this happen. I don't know social media like that. Um, I don't know the systems and structures of technology, of emails and all the different things. And so I was like, let me invest 
let me make the time, the financial investment and the time investment to get training because that's how you're going to grow, right? So be clear, if you're going to grow an entrepreneurship, you can start on your own, but you're going to want to get somebody that can help you along that journey. It just makes life easier. So um, I started that journey with my coach, Kelly Brock, and she literally gave me this one phrase. She's like, Leah, I think you need to hear that you have the permission to change your life. You have the permission to shift what it is that you've been doing and allow yourself to dream of what you want to become. And that moment, that was when I said, I do? Wait, I can't? Come on. And that was the spark. It was like, all right, yeah. let's, let's dream now. And she made me dream 10 years out. And she said, okay, that's cute. That's one layer. Now dream bigger. And I said, but that was the extent. She said, no, there's more. If you could imagine there was nothing that was holding you back and you could operate in your fullest potential, your God-given proclivities, talents, gifts, what would you do? Where would you be? Where would you go? And that was the start of the journey. And now... We're moving. Look at you now. You you held your first retreat under your brand, the heiress mentality. (laughs) And it's definitely beautiful to watch you take an idea and and, and watch it manifest right in front of you. And I want to park it right here real quick to just be very clear to those of you who are listening and watching this. Manifestation is definitely a kingdom principle, but the enemy... It's also the prince of this earth in the aspect of the enemy can advance and move things as he wills for the agenda that he is trying to push on this earth, which is basically separating us from the love of Christ. Like his goal is to deceive us. And if he can get us caught up in desiring a life that we want outside of Christ, we will always fail. So I want to just put that, insert that really quickly. But you said something very important, Leah, and it was investing investing into where you want it to go and investing looks like time and investing looks like money. What was that? How did you overcome those mental hurdles of actually investing for in yourself? I think it was, um, there was two things. There was fear Mm. that if I make this financial investment, then I don't know if I'll actually get a return, right? Like I make this financial component uh, take my my resources, my treasures, come on, and give it to this person that I I'm hoping and praying will teach me, and I will elevate it based on it. And the other piece was um, belief in myself. I come had on. to develop. Um, so there was a fear that I would make this financial investment and it wouldn't work out, and then there was this doubt that I could really accomplish what I was dreaming of becoming. And how I overcame those two hurdles. Again, I had to ask myself really some tough questions. And this is what I love about disruptive life coaching. It's asking deeper questions than the surface so that you get to a true core belief. And um, what I had to ask myself about my money and my resources was, is it really about whether or not I will get a return on this financial investment because they won't deliver? Or am I not disciplined or consistent enough to take the information I receive and actually apply it? That is what I got to. I had to ask myself some deep questions and say, the truth is, is that she's going to deliver because she's doing this and she gets paid to do what she does. And she comes with a hundred percent to the table. Do I though? Will I? Wow. Have I? Right. Or have I made these financial investments and I've gained all this knowledge and then it sits in this folder and I have all this coaching material and yet haven't 
put anything into action. So that was the first thing I had to disrupt for myself. The lie that is on them to make me better, wrong. I make decisions. And whether or not I decide to move is on me. So that was the first part. Now, to get over the fear of, do I believe in myself? I struggled with, this is where deliverance comes in, right? For all my believers out there, where you have to really disrupt some of the lies about your capability, right? Everybody is telling me, Leah, you could do it. You speak so well. Um, I love when you just come off the top of your dome and you just deliver. And I'm like, they don't know that I'm internally sweating bullets. I'm like literally shaking inside. And on the outside, I have this confidence, but on the truth, the truth is on the inside, I don't believe that I actually can achieve this. And so then I had to ask myself questions again, not just surface. Again, it wasn't surface level questions. It was the questions that caused you to be a little disturbed, a little disrupted, that make you say, I don't even want to answer that because the truth is when I answer it, I have to face the truth of it. And the truth was, I didn't believe in myself. And although everyone else was giving me accolades, I didn't hear that. I was completing this lie and rehearsing this lie that no, if they knew the truth, they would know that I'm really not qualified. God's like, but I made you. Whose daughter are you? Oh, so you're not really, you're not operating as my daughter. You're operating as somebody else's child. Okay. Well, until you decide that you're my daughter, that you're an heiress of my kingdom and not the kingdom that you're a part of, when you get that, you'll move. You'll believe. You'll change. And so that was the process. When you get that, you'll move, you'll believe, you'll change. Yeah. Okay, Holy Spirit. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you, you definitely hit on that aspect of application and it, I mean, I am a product, me showing up here on this uh, Zoom recording, this YouTube With video, your beautiful self, come with on. With my eye makeup and lip gloss has been literally a three-year journey. And it's taken investing. Like I have invested thousands and thousands of dollars into my growth and my expansion. And it's this reality that when you seek information, because no we're Nobody out here is going to be doing exactly what God called us to do because we're unique in our own ways. But we do have blueprints of people who have made it or are making it towards the mark and the goal in which God wrote their story for. And so instead of reinventing the wheel, what can I learn? What can I glean from these individuals to use, to implement, to add to the strategy in which God is calling me to pioneer and create within my own sphere? And so for me, I'm all about investing. I mean, this Mike is a whole investment. I have two of these because I had every intention on doing these type of recordings live, but for whatever it's worth, COVID hit and God needed us to pause. And we have social uh, technology like Zoom where we can still do these in- interviews and it still come across as authentic and genuine. But I'm a firm believer of investing in where you're going, investing in yourself. And one of, some two of my biggest investments have definitely been... Um, I did uh, Amanda Ferguson's femininity track where she took us on this journey of Esther and how Esther, before she was presented to the palace, before she went before the king, she went through a year of intense training. And as women, we cannot get confused with this feminine movement that is trying to convince us to be equal to man. Say it again. Clear. 
And feel free to jump in, cut me off, girl. I really want this to be dialogue as we're having like thoughts and let's Girl, you are pouring into me, but you are feeding me right now. <laughs> say it again. But okay? it's, it, I don't like I personally don't want to be equal. And yes, we can say, especially as black women, because we grew up in homes where mothers unfortunately had to step into more dominant roles because they didn't go through that healing process because they didn't know how to go through that healing process. And our fathers, I had a poem that I did back in high school that said within it, if you break up the home back at slave times, the black man will never know to be a man, stay at home and raise his kids. So we're dealing with generational bondage that has been trickled down into this family where a man's job. So out of this feminine, let me just say this real clear because we're gonna clear this Come up on, on this channel. This uh channel, the feminist movement is convincing men that women are equal, and I'm not. A man's job is to provide. Yes, I can. I have a mind of my Three. own. Yes, I have a mind to go and and bring strategy. But let me be very clear. I want to support your vision because I know that if we are equally yoked and we're together and we're advancing, yeah. God's- it's my vision and your vision coming together. I'm not trying to be out here on the streets or in in the courtrooms or in the offices, in the facilities, working my butt off for you to be like, that's not my role. That's not my job. That's not what I was created for. My job is to provide. Like you, a man was created to provide. And so it's, it's been a really, (laughs) who y'all, especially with this new clubhouse app, like (laughs) I'm I'm in chats and men are like, um, but you're, I mean, we, there was a conversation we had about, um, should a, is it okay for a woman to pay on the first day? First of all, no man should be okay with a woman paying on the first I day. I don't bring, I don't bring my purse. I bring me. That's it. If you ask me out, because he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Come on. Don't get me wrong. There will be moments and times where we can spoil our hus- husbands, men, whatever, um, in this journey. But y'all... <laughs> Do not let not this on that not on that first one, second or third one. Let's be very clear. <laughs> if your birthday happens to be the third one, by all means, happy birthday. But I want our desire <laughs> is for us to go back to the Bible, like go back to Eden, I go back to want- establishment. What was established? What was the purpose? What was God's design? And, and I, what I'm learning is that when we operate in God's design Come and on. His actual blueprint and his framework yeah the things that manifest the things that come out of his framework not the world's not this movement not these um man-made in their finite thinking not infinite but they're very limited thinking they create these structures and we abide by man's standard and god's like but why when my standard it's going to cause you to blow up in all the ways that you were created to do like why would we forfeit that? Why would we give up that birthright? Why? Why would we give up that opportunity to operate at that level? Because I, I, I don't even have the answer to that. It's like, why? Why? Help me understand. I'm not going to do it. And I'm so grateful. God, I'm so grateful that God presented a right man Come on. in my life that not only hungers after God's way, but also wants to operate with me in God's way. Come on. That's a whole different experience. And I've had some experiences. Let's be Honey, listen, and I'm patiently waiting. uh, Come on, it's coming, girl. To reveal himself. But all I know for sure is if if we're piggyback 
because this is all about investing. Like all of this came through, you know, this process and this journey, but investing in that course and allowing God to show me like the godly way he designed a woman to be. All of this independent chick, boss money, get my money, collect my coins. I'm good, bro. Like, I'm good. Like, I mean, (laughs) it's cool. It's cute, but it's not realistic. Like it is a demonic agenda to keep us bound if i'm being very clear to keep women from their rightful roles as women like and the people don't realize like (laughs) because there is perverse perverted creativity but there's also kingdom creativity and i truly believe this idea of um damsel in distress and kings and queens like I, i i truly believe like that is some form of fashion a way in which the lord has initially created us like he is a savior who is coming after his bride who is coming after his church who is always in pursuit of us and so if the man is supposed to be like christ and we as women are supposed to be like the church the reality is is man is supposed to be in pursuit and treating their woman like the queen she is so uh, you know, these uh, Cinderella's and all of these things aren't far off. Yes, there have been some perversion or demonic things that have gotten into the mix of it. But we as women are supposed to be pursued and treated as the queens that we are. And I don't see no queen up in that palace, uh, you know, out there in the streets working her butt off to provide for her king and kingdom. But also, oh, I got Go ahead. to add to that because there's a Please. part that the, the part that um, most people think when we say sitting up there looking pretty, that's cute. But the <laughs> truth is, is that she's aware of all the systems that are around him and she's an advisor. She's like, hey, let's talk. When we get into these bedroom chambers, let's talk. Because this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm sensing and discerning. And I'm your helpmate. So let me help you. But I have to be, I have to be, um, able to sit back and observe without distraction. If I'm distracted, I can't play my role properly because I'm called to assist your vision. I'm called to elevate and and um, support. I can't do that if I'm distracted doing all these different things for me because I right. got to get mine, have mine, and do all. So. Y'all, so this all, it's all of this is stemming from investing. And so that revelation definitely came from taking that course. And I'm like, God, like my savings is about to go bye-bye if I put this uh, money into this thing. But it's like, okay, what does that have to do with me? Like, and so I say that from a perspective of like, it's sowing into good ground. So when you're sowing into like when you're investing in yourself, you're also sowing into where you want to go and sowing into the ministries and the places of people. And if you know the kingdom, how God's kingdom works, like you reap what you sow, like there's a seed time and harvest when it pertains to whatever it is God is calling us to do. And so then the second time was a year later around the same time, my second big investment. So I spent a lot of money on that first one. And then God said, let's double it. I said, wait, what? God, chill out. Um, But it was into Marshawn Evan Daniels's um, speaking training where we actually had to go down to Atlanta for a two day intensive and just really learn. And at that time, I'm like, God, like, I know you called me to be a speaker and to travel and to use my voice. But I know it's not right now. So let me uh, just, you know, sow into it. And so I'm finally at this crossroad 
where I realized like, this is what I want to do. Like I want to talk and encourage and uplift and give people strategy from like at the intersection of brand strategy of like, I have a friend who wrote a book and it's like, I messaged her yesterday. I said, okay, girl, go ahead and craft your signature talk so we can start to market it. Like, and it's like that simple. And she was like, oh, she was like, you better come with this unexpected strategy. And it's like, I, it's how God has wired me. And yes. so one of the things that sets me apart, and we were talking about this other, I was talking about this on live the other day, Leah, and I would definitely love for you to jump in, but it's sure. not what we are not our functions. We are first and foremost children of God. Like our identity is who we are because of who he is. And so from that, what sets us apart are the, the little, I don't want to say nuances, and I don't think proclivities is the right word, but what sets us apart are the the intricate parts of our personalities that not yeah. everybody has. So for me, it's vulnerability and consistency, my ability to be vulnerable and my willingness to be consistent and show up no matter how I feel is what sets me apart. And so my pillars within my business or within my brand are faith, branding, and business. Identity can be in there, but it goes identity and who you are or identity yeah. as what you're branding and what you're creating, the visual look of that thing. And it's just a, it's a unique thing when you are able to realize like, yo, I'm not my function. So I'm not a designer. I'm not a creative. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a poet. I can right. do those things. I am a child of God. And from the authenticity, my vulnerability and consistency is how I can show up and help people get from point A to point B. And so it's so cool for me to see how all God needs is for us to start. And as we start and take the first step, he brings the additional pieces. Like he brings the clarity. So for the last three years, I'm like, God, like, I just want you. Like, I know there's more to this thing. Like, oh my gosh, I can't see past tomorrow, but I know that there's like greatness in store. And God's just like, it is, but just keep walking, keep building. Girl, you have to continue. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is that we want to somehow arrive Yeah, and, and then be like, oh, I'm established and there's this platform and this, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. There's no arrival. Come on. That's not that there's no arrival. There's just progression. There's just growth from glory to glory to glory. And that requires a consistent and continual movement. You said something that was so poignant, um, that uh, your brand is is about your transparency and your vulnerability that that stems. That's your, your ability to do those things bleeds into everything else um, and or touches everything else. And so for me, I realized authenticity, it's a beautiful term. People like it. Girl. It sounds great. But what it really requires is an exposure of every aspect of you and being willing to be vulnerable enough, transparent enough to say, yeah, this is me. Oh, that was me. Oh, this I did. Oh, this I've done. Right. And so um, all of those components, authenticity is a beautiful word and everyone wants to use it as a buzz term, but the root of it, the truth of it is exposure. And we live in a society <laughs> we, that we filter everything, right? Like we, they we, get we, it exposed. Yeah. Come on. You taught me, um, healing hurts. <laughs> you said it. I, yeah. I read the book, get the book. If you ain't got it, please get that. Like it, it will bless your heal. life, change your life, disrupt your life. This is, but it, it I realize that a lot of people want to present a certain way, not realizing that if you are willing to be authentic, if that's what you really want to pro- proclaim, transparency and vulnerability, you will be exposed. And that means you have to go deep enough to, to uncover and uproot and reveal. That's work. 
And that's a continuous thing. As we progress, as you're growing in your business, as I'm growing in mine, there'll be things, moments that we learn and we fall and we get up again and we say, oh, that needs to be adjusted. Oh, I said this last time on a podcast. Now in my growth and journey, I need to counter that because I now have new revelation. I have to be willing to do that. That, that's growth. That's progression. Most people want to be like, nope, I've arrived. This is my platform. This is my statement. No, ain't and no if arrival I'm, unless we in heaven. Yeah. I'm like, there's there's no ending to this. Mm-hmm. So this idea that somehow I'm going to invest, I'm going to put this money in, and I'm just going to, here we are. Welcome. No, here. it takes years. 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 This is cultivated. This yeah. is, um, like you said, harvest. Um, one of the things that um, for the heiress mentality retreat, one of the things I always talk about is harvesting your crown. That is a process. Come on. That is a process. And I know people hear the word process and they hate it or it's a journey, however you want to articulate it. But to harvest something requires you have to till the soil. You got to make sure that you have the right seeds at the right timing. You got to know what the weather's working with. Like you got to know how much water to pour, when to stop, when to let it sit. Stop messing with it. Let it germinate. Right. There's a there's a procedure to it. And then when you start to get fruit, when you start to get something that sprouts, there's another season of more work. It just looks different. So there's not a um, there's a moment where you rest and wait. Yep. And that's sometimes the hardest part. Right. It's like, God, I know you said I know know what you said, Lord. But right now, right now, the door is opening. People not even listening to the stuff you're telling me to put out. People are not coming. Like as I'm, I'm struggling with growing my audience. But one of the things I want to insert here: Would you rather be processed now before you increase, or while you're in the middle of it when more eyes are on you? I I'm so grateful. <laughs> Woohoo! The last three years. I'm grateful to be a part of the the body of people that we're a part of growing, pruning, cutting in the private area of this sanctuary, right? The privacy Um, of being a nobody to the world as of right now. Because God forbid, I'm grateful that he's doing all this pruning now so that when I'm on that, I say when, because I declare it and it's proclaimed, Mm -hmm. when I'm on that stage or that platform, there won't be these scandals that come out about my name because I got the scandals out of me. Oh, Jesus. In private. (laughs) And I'm grateful. I'd rather do the hard work now so that, not that the work won't be um, work or challenging, but the hard parts of it. Girl. Here. Here, right now, the the, the um, cutting pieces of it, the, the parts that are like, oh, if somebody put that on display, if that was broadcasted across the world, ooh, I don't I don't I don't represent the kingdom like that. That's not where I know I need to be. So yeah. thank you for the grace. Thank Come you on. for the protection, the covering. Thank you being Jehovah Nisi banner over me here. So that when I get there. I can literally do what you called me to do without question, without thought, without fear of any kind, because I know who I am and whose I am. Come on. And for those of you who are watching this, I definitely want to encourage you. Like I, I me and Leah, and I can speak for her in this moment because I know, but we definitely aren't painting this picture. Like the, the thoughts of fear or doubt don't ever, they, they stop. Come they on. Don't. 
You just learn how to grow a mental fortitude and you become so rooted and anchored in Christ that when the thought comes, you literally do the second Corinthians 10, five, where you take it captive. And so one of the things that has helped both of us is being able to stop our thoughts in progress. And even those thoughts that have been there, that have rooted, that have laid dormant, that only come up in moments of triggering and moments of corrective experiences, those are still a part of the process. Those are still a part of part of this journey and you want to get to a place where when you feel yourself falling into heaviness, when you feel yourself falling into doubt, when you feel yourself falling into fear and confusion, that you're like, wait a minute, God, your, your word says that we are supposed to have the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, and gentleness and self-control. Well, Philippians 4, 8 says to think about what's good, to think about what's pure, to think about what's just, to think about what's holy, to think about what's worthy of praise. Well, this thought right here, don't align who you are, who you have revealed yourself to be, or or who your word has painted you to be. So let me go ahead and uh take this thought and put it right here because it's like at the end of the day, sure, I may not be qualified to write this book and share my story. Sure. A lot of people might not buy it. You know, people right. say, Oh, you want to build your audience and you want to sometimes you can't build your audience until you show up the way you're supposed to be. I want to be like, <laughs> can I just in the like People do not know who you are they until don't. you step into who you are. Miss me with this, this thought that you got to make sure that there's a, a need for you. There is a need for you there will always because be you are you. Come purposed. On. Come on. There are people called to your name, your name specifically, whatever yeah. your gift is, your talent is, whatever it is that you have a, a passion for, a desire to produce. There are people, there's seven billion people on this planet and you're telling me that you gotta wait you gotta wait until someone says hey i want it that way they don't even know that they want it that way because you ain't stepped into your way don't that that irks me it's great but it's real like you hear we hear with it it does it for me too especially somebody who is in the branding and marketing world and somebody who does aspire and does have promises to to be on certain stages or to be in certain spaces, if we continue to succumb to comparison culture or, okay, this person's my age and God is doing all this. Like I said, like I said, you would rather, I would rather go through the processing early instead of getting the increase and then having to face all the demons. I didn't want to check at the door. So, um, I just want to encourage you guys to allow yourself to just be who you are. So take that first step to start to walk towards. And when you get two, three years down the road and God says to change your name or identify by a different name like he did me, you won't you won't be so uh, distraught at this brand or this image that you have created, because it's like if God is the master storyteller and we're here to glorify him. So whatever God calls us to do something is with this understanding that it's to advance his kingdom, because that's the only thing that matters. Period. Period. The period. only thing that matters. The only, <laughs> period, boo. Like, really, that's the only thing that matters. And he wants the glory, but he wants to show his glory through, through us. us. And it's like, that's all. That's such a privilege. I am privileged. I'm honored that you have chosen me specifically to do this yeah. work, not your work, not their work, my work for your glory, that I have a purpose and a reason for existence and that there are people waiting. Let me be very clear. 
there are people waiting for me to show up and do what God has established for me to do because that is what they need. Come they on. can't get it from Carly. They can't get it. Sorry, you switched your name. Let's be very clear. Janae, and let, I, I, let me hit this point. People um, know me in some areas of my life as Nikki or Nicole, because that's my middle name. Mm-hmm. There are people that know me as Leah. And when I grew up, hearing Leah and Nicole together was a bad thing. I was always, My mom was like, dad's like, Leah and Nicole, Leah and Nicole. I was always in trouble. And so I hated those names together because I always so trembled. Interesting. Really, when I trembled, when I heard it, and then God was like, but I named you that for a reason. And so now I am learning to be called Leah Nicole together. Leah, weary one, the the established name that I tried to, um, or I tied myself to, Nicole meaning victor of the people. That's a whole journey and a process in itself. And if I don't walk in the process of my name, then what am I really doing? So so Leah Nicole... I don't want to tremble when I when I hear it. I want the enemy to tremble when he hears it. And Come so, on, girl. Flipping, right? But anyway, all that to say, there are people waiting for your you, your name, to get out, for you to show up as you, because the kingdom cannot be fulfilled when you don't show up in your fulfillment. The kingdom cannot be fulfilled when we don't show up in our fulfillment, which is so interesting to definitely piggyback off of the name. So uh, Janae means God has answered. It has a dual meaning. That's a whole nother uh, story in <laughs> itself, just how God uses twos and 22s to really communicate certain things to me whenever he needs mm-hmm. to be too. But it's just the fact that my name would have a dual meaning. So on one side, it means God has answered. And then on the other side, it means God is gracious and God is merciful. And then Carly means free woman. And so it's like, mm. oh, wow. Like in my freeness, I'm able to be a mouthpiece for the Lord to give answers and clarity to yeah. history. And instruction, but then also that dual component of me is the compassion and compassion and grace and mercy that I can extend people in a moment and create these safe spaces for them to feel like they are getting answers and the clarity that that they need. And so that's why names are powerful. Like God named us. Like sure, our parents gave us a name, but God knew us before our parents fashioned us in our, in, in before, excuse me, the Lord knew us before he fashioned us in our mother's wombs. And it's this reality that God placed this inspiration of names on the hearts of our parents. And I get it. Some of y'all got some really long and lengthy and creative names, different names. Cause I was going to say strange, but your name is not strange names, but it, for whatever it's worth, it's a part of the story and a part of the testimony. And and definitely want to encourage you guys here like to understand that our truth is true to us and the aspects of what we have experienced and what we have, have seen or witnessed. But it's not yeah. the truth. It's not the truth of who God is and his nature, especially when it's rooted in hurt and pain. Like we know because of the disobedience and the deception yeah. and the trickery and the conniving that we are born into sin and iniquity. And as soon yeah. as you're born into sin and iniquity, you are dealt the hands that you are given, but it's through relationship, it's through transformation, it's through coming to know God as a father that he begins to show us how, yeah, you were born into this home, 
home with this 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 experience. But let me show yeah. you how I intended for you to do it. Let me show you how to break out of the the rejection and the abandonment that came through this so that I can use you and your testimony because your word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and our testimony. So I want to get you to a place of healing and wholeness so that I can use your testimony to help set other people free who are in the middle of this fight, who are in the middle of who need this revelation that your story brings. And so one of the things that you said, uh, Leah was about establishment. And so it's just funny that that this word keeps coming up because that was one of the words that I was given when I uh, moved into this season that I'm coming to an end of was established. And one of the things that stood out and I have the definition here is like of a plant having taken root and growing well. And so it was this reality, like immediately, of course, I see the Psalms one tree, the tree that's yeah. firm planted by the water. But the beauty of roots is the beauty of plants, the beauties of establishment is they typically grow down before they sprout up. But then also if we pivot over to oak trees, in a sense, oak trees need each other to survive because of uh. how their roots are, that their roots have to connect you're, to one you're another. You're in my Bible study right Come now. Come on. You're in their my roots. study right now. That's why I'm like, really? Come on, Holy Ghost. The roots like, have to connect. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is there's a need. I think so many times we want to do this journey alone and think that that's the way you're going to survive. No. Incorrect. There's no way that God established you to walk this thing alone. He gave us a comforter. Like he didn't even say, I'm going to leave you. With nothing. I'm actually going to leave you with something that you have at all times, access to at all times. And so when I think I hear people sometimes say, you know, I've got to go into this place and do things alone. Yes, there are seasons for that. But to operate that like that holistically is a falsity. You've got to connect. There's a reason that your roots are supposed to grab onto and connect and intertwine with so that elevation comes for both. Both Both. need each other. And and I think um, so many times people want to be established and rooted as an individual because there's a piece that still needs to be healed that I need to be affirmed individually. And if I'm not, then somehow I'm at a deficit or somehow I'm not enough. You are enough because you're his, period. Just just, say a Just saying. Right, that's it. You're enough because you're his. You are enough. We are enough because we are his. It's, it's once, once we're able to, to rest in the reality that God loves us. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no, well, I did this, so maybe he loves me less. No. He loves you and he likes you because there's this whole demonic thought around, well, just because you love somebody doesn't mean they like you, y'all. Come on. That's just another way to keep us bound to the opinions of man. Like, love and like are the, like, if I love you, I like you. And also realizing And all the things about you. (laughs) Everything. And and that is definitely something that I'm walking through this season is, is extending grace in moments where I don't feel like that person extends me that same grace or that person shows up for me. But it's like, I wonder how Hosea felt to marry a harlot and have to be faithful to somebody who was unfaithful. And it's like, how dare I complain and get upset 
when the Lord shows me where a person is, when the Lord shows me that this specific person is supposed to be in my life and I want to throw the whole thing out because it's uncomfortable, because I'm getting cut, because they can't handle my maturity. But it's like, yeah, they can't handle your maturity because nobody allowed them to grow into theirs by staying. Right. And it's like, Bam. Okay. Bam. I'm sorry. Hold on. Pause right there. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just to be able to say that there are times when we can't handle someone else in whatever way, because we have yet to handle it in us. What? Yeah. And if oh. we desire consistency, if we desire to be seen and heard, then we also have to create those same spaces for people to be seen and heard. Again, you reap what you sow. So if you're sowing places of safety for other people, if you're sowing places of refuge for other people, eventually people will do the same for you. Ooh, girl. And then when they do, we then have to face the the toxicity that we have allowed into us that wasn't ever checked because nobody up until this point created that space for us until now. And so then we got to go, go back over our thoughts of like, okay, I am worthy of this. I am enough. I'm not too much. I'm, I'm running not laps right now. I'm running laps in this room right now. Spiritually, I just took off. Okay. <laughs> that is so good. That's so powerful. I think so often we are not, um, we don't want to make room because that requires a, a vulnerability, a, a, um, a stretching. A, we don't want to be uncomfortable, but yet that's what that's where the work happens. That's where you get stretched. <laughs> like it, it's, oh, it's being able to, <laughs> and this is something that the Lord has is teaching me, and I'm, I'm and I'm definitely walking through. So I definitely bring you guys into this space on real time. I'm a firm believer that the blind can't lead the blind, so I would not try to give advice on this because I'm still in it. But I would definitely allow a glimpse into just where I am. But That's where I am right now is this realization of okay, God, I. I know who I am in you and I understand that there's more. Like you said, Leah, like we go from glory to glory to glory. So God is all, we're always going to be in this continuum of pruning and, and yeah. processing. Like that doesn't stop until we get to heaven because the goal is to be transformed daily to look more like Christ. Okay. So what happens when you know who you are or you have a better glimpse of who you are, you no longer operate in toxicity, yeah. But you're before somebody who is still holding you to the past of who you were. But God told you that this person is supposed to be in your life. God told you that you're supposed mm. to go the distance with this person. God's showing you where they are and what they're struggling through. Yet in conversation, in moments, everything is your fault. Do we return to victim? Do I return to victim or woe is me or you're not listening or you're getting upset or do you, or do I just endure because I realize where they are and I wait for pockets of breathing to kind of implement my 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 two cents or where I am. And so I'm in a season where I'm I'm being challenged on who God has called me to be versus who people have who people see me as. And it's this realization that. 
I just as much as I want them to not take it personal when I tell them, hey, when you do this, this is how I feel. When I say you do something and this is how I feel, it's not I am my wholeness. I'm not shaming you or blaming you. I'm just letting you know this is how I feel so that we yeah. can get you a solution on how to move past it. And so there was a conversation I had uh, recently with a friend and I had to say, hey, you're going to have to give me a cup of some time to process through what I actually want. And their thing was, well, how can you be upset with me when you don't even know what you want? I don't I didn't. know. All I know is that I just need time to process through this so that I can communicate to you what I want because I am aware that there is something that I need. But before I blurt it out or tell you, I want to make sure that it's rooted from a place of wholeness in Christ and not from a place of making you a false idol in my life. And so literally Uh, we got off the phone and within two seconds, Holy Spirit was like, this is what it is. So. And I'll definitely let you uh, jump in here, Leah. So please don't lose your train of thought. But for me, I am a words of affirmation girl. That is my love language. And for so long, because it was so perverted, it was so tainted because of how I saw myself of not worthy enough to receive words of affirmation. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't, I suppressed it. But when I need affirmation, if I come to you, in our friendship yeah. and I am vulnerable. I'm telling you, I'm struggling. I don't want to show up. This is what's going in my heart. I need from you in this friendship affirmation to say, Hey, it's okay. Hey, this is yep. what you're doing, right? Hey, this is what I'm noticing. And I want you to continue to hone in on that. And then we can pivot over to how I made you feel or what you're experiencing in the moment. But if you don't acknowledge what I'm sharing with you, I will not, <clears throat> excuse me, I will not be able to show up in my my full capa- operating capacity of how God has wired me to be. And so it's definitely this give and take. Leah, I hope you're still there. It's yes, definitely, I'm still here. It, it's definitely this give and take of um, compromise, but then just deciding what is really compromising and what is rooted out of brokenness and abandonment and rejection. Yeah. I apologize. That was my dad calling. No, you're fine. And he's still calling. And I'm like, you know, when you set things on do not disturb, (laughs) then you have those people that can't get through. Are your favorites. Yes. And so he's my favorite. And so anyway, um, so I apologize if that continues to happen. No, you're fine. um, what I you would I hope let's see that after three times of declining he'll be like all right clearly she'll get back to me. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that you said that I was like oh that's a beautiful thing that I'm learning in myself. Um, you said that what do you do when you're put in a situation where you know that this person's required to be in your life for whatever season or however long much longer um, or even for the rest of your life but yet they still see you as or still keep you in the place that you once were and struggle with accepting and loving you. Um, and and being with you where you are now in your growth. Um, I'm learning the same thing in a lot of ways, but I'm, I know Holy Spirit told me this piece. And like you, I'm not going to try and coach anyone, teach anyone if I'm not at least one or two steps ahead, because that's what leadership is. You have to be one or two steps ahead. You can't lead when you in the process. But Come one on. of the pieces I've gained in it is sometimes obedience does not mean that everything is going to work out the way I want it to obedience to what he has said 
sometimes means that you're going to go through more pain because there's some other things that I want to process out of you. So sometimes most people are like, oh God, I did what you said and it didn't work. Or I did what you said and they left me. Or I did what you said and it did not look good or didn't feel good. And he's like, I never promised that obedience was going to um, make everything feel great and hunky-dory. No, 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 no. I said to be obedient, period. One of the things I'm learning that is when in those types of situations where he's like, hey, be obedient, and I'm still being challenged in that obedience, there's still a fruit that I'm not producing yet. There's still an area that God is like, I want to reveal to you that when it's still uncomfortable and it's somebody that I'm requiring you to be in community with, what does that do to you? How do you respond? Do you give them grace? Do you um, avoid them as much as possible? Yes, you're still in their vicinity, but do you limit how often, right? Like, what are you doing partial obedience? Like, he's still pruning something. He's still revealing something that he wants to uproot before, again, you get to that next stage. And so um, I'm recognizing that that obedience doesn't always make everything feel good. That when he says, be obedient in this way, there is still something that I need to reflect on and grow in, and he's producing a new fruit. And then I have to do the work. I have to do the work of saying, God, what is this? What, what, what is it, this triggering? What is this bringing up? What... Um, that piece of affirmation, words of affirmation is mine as well, one of my main ones. And if that person does not um, acknowledge um, support, like I would want somebody in my community to do, what is the purpose? Of, what am I supposed to learn in this? Like, what am I supposed to hold on to so that when I get to the next level, there may be someone else that is meant to be on my team? Hello, Judas, right? Like, that's meant to be on my team. And I know that they're not always for me, but yet there's a purpose for them to be there. Don't know what it is yet. Don't know when it's going to be revealed. But I know that if Jesus had to do it and Jesus knew, girl, what am I, what am I supposed to gain? And what am I supposed to um, hold on to in this experience? And so I encourage you, (laughs) it is not easy, Um, but it's it's not always worth it. But, but discipleship is also a level of friendship. And I think sometimes we, get so caught up in this like coaching, teaching, leading that the most successful leaders are teacher and teachers are those who walk alongside you. And if we can divorce this hierarchy system of, oh, this person is on a platform or for some reason nowadays, if a person has 10,000 followers, we equate them as this high and mighty person. And which is, I keep referring to this Clubhouse app because it has definitely humbled me to check my gates and perspective of people. Like, these are people just like me who are walking this thing out and social media or the persona and even my own perspective have created them into this thing. When in reality, it's it's not as it seems. Come on. Yeah. And we're that, like, we're all equal in, in that regard. Like, Oh God, just have your way. Okay. Um, so Leah, as we begin to close up, cause this was yeah. really good. Thank I you want so much. This is ask, powerful. Listen, I'm excited for those who hear it or listen to it. Um, so I, one of the things I've been doing this season is asking questions that 
from the We Aren't Really Strangers game. So I'm going to ask I have you this that question. Game. I got so it great. too for Black Friday, girl. Um, yeah. But I'm pulling these off of their Instagram. So this question is, what expectation have you set on someone that has been hurting you the most? Oh, girl. Three people popped in my head and I'm like, which one will I share? Yeah. And you don't have to say names or anything. You can just process through the expectation. I, no, I think for me, it's important that I share this because I think it will hopefully help some women with their mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I honor and I love my mom and she's a dynamic woman of God. But I had this expectation that because she's my mom, she's supposed to be able to give me insight on what it looks like to go through the courting stage and the dating stage in a godly way that she's supposed to help me in the ways of um, knowing how to be feminine and operate like a woman with the guy that I'm with. And I had to, the expectation was you're my mom. This is your responsibility. This is what you're supposed to train me. Yeah. And I, I had to take a step back to learn that one, you only can teach what, you know. And so, so let's be clear. She has taught me so much in a lot of different areas, but in this area, the area that I expect her to teach me in, I don't, it's it's not something that she has the capacity to do one, because she wasn't in Christ when she was dating. So she, she didn't have a blueprint to be able to talk about those things. And I'm being transparent in that way to say that, what do you do when you have an expectation for someone and they don't uh, meet that or they don't mm-hmm. live up to that. The biggest thing is giving them grace yeah. and then figuring out in your community who does serve yeah. that purpose. Come on. Let go of your mindset of what that person is supposed to do. Love the thing that they have done and continue to do in the ways that they are created to do it. Give them grace release them from this burden that you've placed on their shoulders because no one defined motherhood to give you all the things. This is like what we said earlier, a community, you're an oak tree. You're supposed to be able to glean and learn from other roots, from other people around you. I have aunts and uncles and cousins. And why did I put this weight and this burden as if it was only hers to, to carry? And so I had, and my dad was the one that taught me this. He was like, Leah, that is making it seem as if you know her function. You've defined her function in your life. Who who made you the creator of how she was created to deliver? A, A whole word. And so I had to let go of this image that this is how my relationship with her is supposed to be at this stage in my life and get it where I could get it. Love her. Thankful for her. And thankful for the women that I can turn to in this specific area when I learned to release her from the burden that I had placed on her shoulders. Long story. Say a lot. Yeah. So immediately I uh, thought about Mark 10, 29, 30, which I definitely pulled up and it's definitely an anchor verse on my journey of becoming the more of who Christ has called me to be. And it says, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, 
There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or land for my sake and for the gospel who will Mm. not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. Yeah. And how the Lord has um, had me to interpret this verse is this reality that when we give up the perceptions of how we perceive people or we leave behind the places and spaces that no longer have the capacity to house us because God needs to send us forward into the next space, to the next territory, to grow us and to form us, that when we leave behind the ideas of how we have defined people or the ideas of what it was supposed to be in the midst of the persecution that grows us, that stretches us. God brings back those things a hundred times fold. So in this now reality, I have different people in my life who function as mothers. I have different people in my life who function as brothers. And it's not to say that my parents aren't there in their initial role. But once I stepped into the more of Christ, I was able to realize that God is the source and he's the only source. And God uses those willing vessels and unwilling because he still uses those to advance Mm -hmm. his kingdom and to get the glory out of my life. And so my mom will always be my mom, will always be my first point of contact. But the reality is, is there is safety and a magnitude of wise counsel. And so God has positioned me around women who can give different components that are needed for the holistic growth of my whole being and takes that burden and that responsibility off of my biological parents to fulfill every need because if they could fulfill every need, then they would be God. But that's also called an idol if we're looking at it in the natural. So this verse has really helped me uh, just walk out. What was this verse again? Mark Mark 10, 29, 30. It is definitely my staple. And so for me to answer this question for myself, uh, certain expectations, I'm, I'm, I'm in the chapter of, of my life uh, where I'm I'm currently writing. uh, I'm writing a project and the chapter is called to all the boys I once loved. I'm sorry. I never had the courage to speak up. And so we go Mm. on this journey of how i because of my dad not being in the home and that creating a space of rejection and abandonment perceived by me, I didn't pervert love. I perverted protection. And so that is why I had all these guy friends and why I assumed this role as a mother and wanted to feel needed and wanted to help develop them. And it was like, yeah, nah. And so (laughs) as I'm in these relationships with guys on a platonic level and even those friendships that have been there for a while that God is redeeming and allowing to bring back for me to apologize and for me to be who I am actually supposed to be. uh, The expectations have definitely been, as I communicated earlier, this expectation of that they should know how to speak to me or how to affirm it. But it's like, if you've never communicated it, or if you've never placed that expectation by communicating it, they won't know what to do. And so I had to let go of this expectation of that they should know and step into the reality of communicating what I need in order Mm -hmm. for this friendship to flourish. And then also realizing that you we cannot make anybody be what they don't want to be. 
And though God may have shown us who they are, what he desires for this relationship to be or this friendship to be in our life, they still have a choice out of love. God has given us choice. And so there is, there comes a point in time where we have to say, okay, God, I've done all I've can, can do. And so the ball is, the ball has always been in your court, but I have hit the end of what I can do until you give me strategy or an open door to the next thing. And God doesn't penalize us for the decisions of other people. I Mm. want to be very clear. The the people wanted a king. They wanted Saul. And what did God do? Samuel, this is not a reflection of you. What people want is not rejection to you. They have actually rejected me. And so what did God do? He gave them Saul. Well, God knew that Saul wasn't going to fulfill the role in which he needed him to do. And let's be very clear. God still gave Saul three opportunities to repent. He had more than one opportunity to repent and he chose not to. He chose to succumb to his decisions and his false desires. Because yes, God can give us the desires of our heart, but let's be very clear. We want our desires to be in alignment with the desires that God wants for us. And so in the midst of Saul's disobedience, God was already preparing one who was willing to go the distance and could rise to the occasion under pressure. And his name was David. So this is a beautiful story of redemption. This is a beautiful story of preparation. This is a beautiful story of decisions. Like if you want to really see the fullness of what others' decisions, and then your decisions, our decisions reap consequences, not just for us, but for the people that are assigned to us. Because of Saul's disobedience, his whole bloodline the whole bloodline forfeited the kingdom. Like he forfeited the kingdom for his whole bloodline. Yeah. And so we have to start looking at this thing like all across the board. So that's, that's, this is where I am y'all. Like God is doing some things. I'm learning to rest in who I am. Um, and, and stop. It's beautiful. Can try to convince people, you know, (laughs) I want to, yeah, yeah it's a beautiful thing to watch and witness your growth and your intentionality to be consistent in the journey to sit in the place that is most uncomfortable and still do the work. Um, I'm grateful for your example. I'm grateful for your life because I've learned from you. I've grown from you, but your vulnerability, your transparency and your willingness to share that with me, whether that's, you're sharing things right now on your platform, but there's things that we've shared together yeah. that have helped me to see me, challenge me. Um, and I'm grateful that your obedience for me uh, doesn't allow me to forfeit my journey. It Come aids on. me in my journey. Yes. Um, and so, because, like you just said, we got to think about this thing holistically. <laughs> you doing that is why I'm able to even be here and even have the confidence enough to speak about what God has shown me because I've been doing the work because I see other people doing the work. So thank you. Thank you for being the example that you are because um, you're needed and there are people watching and I'm one of them to say, Oh, she, she, she can do it. (laughs) Yes. If I I can can do it, we all can do it. Like there's enough room in the kingdom. If we all wanted to be photographers, we would have at least one client because somebody would need their photos taken. Okay. Okay. That's it. Thank you for this. This is awesome. (laughs)
<laughs> so good. Well, you guys, we will holla at y'all later. Go ahead. Uh, you can see all the links under the description if you want to uh, stay in contact with Leah and walk out her disruption in your life as she helps you step into your heiress mentality. Come on, queens. Hello. I thank you guys for listening to today's episode and I'm hoping that you have a journal, that you've taken some notes, that you reflect and process through some of the things that we discussed today on how you can show up with God. I would love to stay connected with you. You can follow me at underscore Janae Carly on Instagram or just visit my website, JanaeCarly.com. Holla. Holla.